3: Hey, friends, we have a fun surprise bonus episode for you today. If you couldn't make it to any of our live shows back in June, this one's for you.
4: Yes, we did. We recorded our final live show, which took place at City Winery in New York City on June 22nd. We recapped the fifth episode of Emily Maynard's season of The Bachelorette, that's season eight, with Juliet Littman of Bachelor Party.
3: Oh, it was such a dream to finally recap The Bachelorette with one of the original Bachelor recap podcasters, An one of icon, the greats. Really, yeah. And we had just a blast doing this live show. We wanted to make sure that all of our listeners got a taste of it, even the ones who do not live on the East Coast, because we cannot bring ourselves to leave the East Coast. We're sorry, um, but here is this recording as a peace offering. If you get the urge to watch the episode we're discussing before or after listening, you can find it on Hulu along with the rest of the season. And it is a great season. We highly recommend.
4: It really is. This will also be Claire's last episode for a while as she has gone on maternity leave. Don't worry. She will be back this fall.
3: Yes. And I will be missing you all and eagerly listening to all the recaps about charity and paradise and the golden bachelor and like weeping that I'm missing this
4: bonanza of bachelor content during this, this very special time. And now let's revisit a very important episode in bachelor history. The one when iconic bachelorette Emily Maynard went all West Virginia hood rat backwoods on Kaylin's ass. Hope you enjoy. Fire. Fire. Thanks. I don't need help. Just watch me love myself. That's all I want. Oh,
0: my
4: gosh. Oh, my gosh. Hello. That trip to the stage is so short. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi, New York. (laughs) It is so nice to be home. We're so excited to be here with all of you. And we have made it to this show truly just under the wire. Like, by under the wire, I mean Claire's water breaking. It could happen at,
3: like, any time, possibly tonight. If you're up front, please be careful.
4: (laughs) You've, You've been warned. Personally, I'm pulling for it. It's like... The most dramatic live show ever it would be, and it would also be convenient because
3: this venue is actually like fifteen minutes closer to my hospital than my apartment, so I did bring my go bag, yeah, so you're We're welcome,
4: ready. yeah, <laughs> this is actually set up just for that, <sighs> yeah, so
3: it's good to be back in New York. I mean, we live here, and uh we did
4: we did our very very first live show ever in New York City back in 2019. Yeah. Time has collapsed on itself since then, so hard to even, even remember yeah, what was going on. Different lifetime. It feels
3: so good to be back in our favorite city with our favorite people. I assume most of you are our personal friends and family. Thank We're you for so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for supporting our hobby. <laughs> and... As luck would have it, we are here today recapping with one of our favorite podcasters. We're so excited. Yeah, this is like a long time coming. She's the head of production at The Ringer, where she hosts the reality TV podcast Bachelor Party, as well as Food News and Ringer Dish.
4: And she is truly one of the people who has shaped the field of Bachelor recapping into what it is now. We truly, we listened to her podcast before we started here to make friends. So we are very, very excited to have her here today. Please give a warm welcome to Juliet Littman. Fire. Fire. Thanks. I don't need help. Just watch me love myself. Julia,
3: thank you for being here. Thanks for
2: having me. It's such a nice introduction. I appreciate it.
3: (laughs) Oh, we meant every word. We're so (laughs) excited that you're here. I mean, we always say that the right reasons, your podcast at Grantland was like the reason that we started here to make friends. And it's true.
4: And now we both. Do similar shows with different names because the media landscape is.
3: (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
4: (laughs) Because we own nothing. We've all moved on, kind of. (laughs) Sort of. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But still watching The Bachelor. Um, So we wanted to ask you when you started watching The Bachelor, like, what was your first season?
2: I, the first season I was really committed was Allie Fedotowski. And I just like, still think about how bad her hair extensions were in that season. And uh, I think it also introduced the concept of bad hair extensions to me. So it left a big mark. You've been living in fear ever since I assume. Uh, I've never, I've never dabbled. So I guess so. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I started with Allie's season and that was before I was working at Grantland. I was still living in San Francisco. And I feel like, she was like she's like around my age, and it was like a big deal that she left her job at Facebook to go on the show. Yeah. When she actually, I guess I started with um, the Jake Pavelka finale. If I'm really being honest with his <laughs> his fight, um, and I just remember people like talking about, oh, this girl, she went to be on The Bachelor instead of her job at Facebook, and it was like a really big deal, um, and people. Yeah, people, like, in the streets were talking about it. And so that got me into it. <laughs> and I never looked back. And then I, I, like, sort of watched beforehand. But I was, like, um, growing up, like, obsessed with MTV. So I I loved the real world. I, like, loved Road Rules more than anything. Um, I, like, think Jersey Shore is, like, probably one of the most impactful shows of all time. <laughs> for better and for worse. Like So I was very into reality TV. But I came to The Bachelor, I would say, like, relatively late. But then... I really hard committed because of working at Grantland, which was where I worked before, was a part of ESPN, sports and pop culture. It was, it was, a, it was cool. So.
3: Yeah. And the right reasons covered various reality yes. TV yes. shows. Obviously yeah. for me, The Bachelor was the hook because marriage is the most important thing to me. <laughs> it
2: seems like you have other interests,
3: which um, I also respect. Yeah.
2: Thanks. I will say I really gravitate towards uh, reality TV depictions of friendship. Uh which my, yeah, which, uh, I get it. Like, uh, I wouldn't say made fun of, but like people always pointed out like, Oh, you'll like this. It's about friends. Um, but is why I do like a lot of reality TV. And, uh, I feel like, well, we'll talk about it, but some of the earlier seasons of the bachelor had a lot of like that camaraderie and stuff, um, to balance out the fighting, of course. (laughs) Yeah,
4: Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's a big part of what hooked us as well so you did watch the season that we are talking about yes. tonight
2: yes. when it aired, right? I recapped it uh, on The Right Reasons in 2013, I guess. Twelve 2012. 2012. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. So, yeah, we did. I was obsessed with uh, Jeff 1F.
4: Oh, we will, we will get into
2: all of he the men. He, he, he was moment. a
4: whole cultural vibe. Yeah. I, too, um, really rode hard for Jeff with one app. We were like, this is the
3: future of masculinity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we
4: were wrong. So, were you wrong, though? I don't know. We'll
3: talk we about were, it, We were right
4: and we were wrong. But I, I think we need to, like, get into the meat of this recap. And I just really want everyone to sit back, take a deep breath. Imagine... It's May 2012. Barack Obama is gearing up for a second term. Facebook is about to go public. Gautier's somebody that I used to know is <laughs> topping the Hot 100. And Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe is climbing the charts on its way to becoming the song of the summer. That was a moment.
2: It was a really good time. Also a yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to interject, but I just Please. want to say that summer, Call Me Maybe was like the unofficial song of Team USA at the Olympics. Oh, I know. Yes. And they I did will like- say,
4: while we were writing this little intro, I
2: forced Claire to watch the video of the swim team <laughs> yeah. from 2012. It was important. It was, it was a, really it was culturally a, important. It was, it was. I think it was the pinnacle of sport. But anyway, carry yeah.
3: on. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, other things were not quite at their pinnacle back then. Um, fashion... It was a slightly different time. You know, I think we were still spray tanning. We were wearing skinny jeans to everything. Fashion scarves. So peplums. many scarves. You couldn't get anything without a peplum is my recollection. Uh, wedge sneakers. We had blocked those out. Yeah. Then they just,
4: yeah. It was
3: a tackier time, which is what we're going to say about this time in 10 years. <laughs> and I'm honest enough to admit
4: that. But our Bachelorette was the one and only woman who could tempt Brad Womack into proposing after two full seasons as The yeah. Bachelor. She's the queen, the icon, Emily Maynard. I mean... Yeah. Look at her. Just look at her. She, she's like a beautiful Barbie doll. She's yeah. like a Fox News host with better vibes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: that swoop of blonde hair Emily was 26 at the time she was just like America's sweetheart she was exactly what the bachelor craved in their lead she looks like Barbie she has a tragic backstory that you know you can't help but root for her but she also was fun she was spunky she was tough sometimes she told jokes (laughs) women women are
4: allowed to be funny
3: (laughs) so cool uh she kind of had it all, everything the bachelor wanted, right? Hard to believe she was twenty six.
2: I know, very young. Her very, daughter, her daughter yeah. was already six too, so she'd had. She was like yeah. deep into motherhood.
3: Yeah, I was. I was watching this, and I was like, one day when I'm older, I'm going to be just as composed as Emily. And then I was like, I'm nearly a decade older now <laughs> than she was when this was filmed. Like this is, might not this be happening sobering. for me. <laughs> I think it might just be my personality. Um, So, yes, her tragic backstory, of course, she lost her fiancé, race car driver Ricky Hendrick, who was her daughter's father, in a plane crash on the way to a race. And she was just 18 at the time. She did not find out she was pregnant until shortly after the crash, which is just the kind of life event that I think most of us can't even imagine going through. And so you just couldn't
4: help but root for Emily when she showed up on the show. She was also the only single mom bachelorette in U.S. franchise history, and her pull was so powerful that she prompted a change of location. Yeah, yeah,
3: they, they gave her up to do the it bachelor so mansion. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> they were like, Charlotte, Dunn, We're there. Yeah. we don't like the bachelor mansion like, anymore. Anyway. The most romantic place in the
2: world, Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> It is a popular place per everything I've seen on the WB and other, other Nicholas Sparks <laughs> Such movies. Such a good point. So true. <laughs> but when Ari was The Bachelor, he was like, oh, I've never been to the mansion. Like it was like a oh, new yeah. experience for him because he didn't get to experience it. So
3: yeah, a lot of important men in, in Bachelor history who didn't get to experience being at the at the <laughs> mansion. There they are. A lot of stars.
4: A lot of stars. Yeah, we have these two guys, uh, Sean Lowe and Ari Leindick Jr., who both went on to become The Bachelor. We have Jeff with one F, who Juliet and I are really into. We if it's have,
2: 2012 yeah. um, here tonight, can we continue to be real? Yeah, we into? can be into him because okay. it's twenty twelve. We've gone back okay, in time. Great. Perfect. Uh, you're you're humming gotier right now. Yeah. Okay, good. Well it's probably maybe for me, but sure. Yeah. <laughs>
3: We have uh, Kalen, who remains, I think, a very important villain in Bachelor history, an archetype. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Bukowski, who just became a series regular. Like he was just always he there was on for every
4: single show
2: this yeah.
4: franchise he's, did.
2: And he's with Anna from Matt James's yes. season. Don't get ahead so. of yourself, yeah. Julia. It's we have sorry. an epilogue. It's okay. Sorry. Right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just can't happened. believe it. From yeah. this. I don't know, You've just He's just been through so he's, much. He's with really him. been
4: through I know. I forgot that he's like our age because he was so young on this season, and I know he's lived a whole life since <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah. He's been through it. Um, but let's let's get into the adventures of this
3: crazy crew we just met. Episode
4: five. Before we get into it, we just want to give you a little taste of how ABC was marketing this particular episode back in 2012. Huh?
0: He was saying things about Emily and about her daughter. She should be warned of dudes like that. Then you're going to retract that statement.
1: I've never been so angry as I am in this moment. I want to rip his limbs off because that's how much I love my daughter. Do you have anything to say for yourself? (laughs) Get out.
0: The Bachelorette, Monday, 8, 7 central on ABC.
2: It's it's a horror film about motherhood. <laughs> I like to see that doc at the end. I feel really vindicated in my Nicholas Sparks and Dawson's Creek joke, so thanks, thanks for showing that one in particular. That really brought me back. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny how, the, how her being a mother was, like, such a big deal to everything about her, and she was the a single, a single mom from the South, and it was yeah. just, like, the only thing that they really could, like, grab onto. I will say... Was there a lot else to market around with her? I don't know. I mean, she is
3: so beautiful. There's that too, sure. <laughs> I mean, come on. Usually that's all they have. Um, yeah, so as you as we know, mothers are basically mythical creatures. Like, their rage is terrifying. But at the beginning of this episode, things are seeming pretty chill. Um, Emily and Ricky and... All of the remaining men land in London, and it's just everything you would want London to be. Like, it's cloudy, Rural Britannia is playing, there's Tower Bridge, there's London Eye, there's double-decker buses, red telephone booths. It's just, like, so London-y. And Emily and her daughter are
4: getting in some mommy and me time to start off the episode. They're taking pictures of Buckingham Palace, not with an iPhone, with an actual digital camera. (sighs)
3: If it's anything like my digital camera, no one will ever see those photos again. Yeah,
4: they're like, they're on an SD card and you forgot to upload them. And then they're lost to the annals of time. But they were taking those photos. And Emily's like, we don't have anything like this in Charlotte, North Carolina, if you can believe. It's so true. There aren't any
3: palaces in Charlotte where (laughs) the royal family of England lives. I mean, facts are facts. Emily is a great tour guide, as we'll see throughout this episode. But this is not the Ricky and Emily show. This is about Emily's journey to find love with one of these men.
4: (laughs) In matching bootcut jeans and V-necks. Just, I want everyone to look at the width of these pants. It's important. Something scary
3: is that this style of jean is back now. I was just going to say yeah, that. I'm not okay with
2: it. They're once again, uh, I don't know. We've been through a lot. I don't know how anyone's supposed to look anymore, so I, I don't know. It's, it seems okay. But this is in the era when they would give out clothes, when, like, the guys wouldn't dress Properly or packed yeah, properly, they'd be like it's windy here. Yeah, here's a jacket. They w- there was a uh, I think it was Andy's season uh, where they would like everyone ended up with different colors of the same V neck and hoodie, <laughs> and because they like none of them knew how to pack for wherever they were going, and I feel like we're seeing a little bit of that with the t-shirts here as well.
3: I like that theory. Also, did men wear other things in 2012? These are these we are. We may never know. This is our only <laughs> historical record. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, Chris Harrison though has a different
4: outfit on. We did not realize that jewel tones for men was a thing until we watched this episode. And Claire, what would you call this color? I call this color grape. Yeah.
2: Grapes popsicle. I mean. I think it's regal purple. I think he's trying to assert (laughs) his own, I am royalty. I am royal. Purple is the color of royalty, you know, ever since the Renaissance. So he really wanted to make sure everyone knew who he was. and (laughs) Who's the king of this show? I think you're right. Yeah. All he's missing is like a little ermine
3: lining. Um, (laughs) We see a lot of jewel tones on the men in this episode. And every time... It was a violent shock to my entire system. <laughs> but he greets the remaining 10 men in Trafalgar Square. He actually greets nine of them in the pullback shots. They're consistently only nine men. We don't know what happened to Kalen during the filming of this scene. <laughs> a little continuity error, maybe. But he has an important message for all of them, which is that only one of them will become Emily's husband. That's right. I said it husband it's truly a threat when chris harrison says it (laughs) i think that's how he feels it's like he's saying look at me look at my wedding ring are you sure you want this
4: (laughs) he was mere months away from announcing his divorce at this point so
2: his wedding ring is conspicuous i'm glad you guys got a screenshot where you can really see it because it did like the sun was shining off it to the extent there was sun it was it was gleaming he's like this won't be here for long (laughs) by the
3: time this episode aired that ring was no more right so so it's poignant really a
2: time capsule for all
3: (laughs) (laughs) and he lets them know that this week there will be as is traditional one group date two one-on-one dates and if they fail he's putting them straight on a plane back home (laughs) so don't fuck up
2: Seriously.
4: He's doing deportations now. Yeah. <laughs> Chris does it all. He really does. Man of many talents.
2: Can you keep
1: up?
3: I like it, love it.
4: Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about
3: Bachelor Nation's golden boy, Sean Lowe. This is his first ever one-on-one date in Bachelor history. Like, we didn't even know we were watching
2: history happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that he really knew what he was prepared for either, but he no. did go with it, you know? Shout yeah. to Sean. Yeah. He gets the
4: date card. The date card reads... Love takes no prisoners and he doesn't take the time to guess what that means.
3: I think he shows a lot of humility. He's like, I couldn't possibly tell you what it might mean.
2: I definitely, I will say I'm in a somewhat of an Anglophile, definitely really into history. I would not have guessed. No problem. I would, <laughs> I would
3: not have guessed the Tower of London either. Um, I think he could have taken a swing on prison.
2: That, that's, that's like, <laughs> sure. But, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a, it was a weird way of phrasing it. They wanted to make him look dumb, and they did. And they did. It was
3: a success. It's funny to me because the last time they were in London, it was something like double up on love, and every single woman was like, we're going on a double-decker bus. It's just so obvious.
2: And then they went on a double decker bus. It feels like people in the bachelor the only thing they truly know about London are their double decker buses because there were a lot That's in this true. episode. Like they were like we got that one cultural. Yeah, it, it, like thing I was down. surprised we didn't get like a um like a phone booth scene, and I feel like the red stuff. I know really, they, like, on, ca- they honestly ca- caught their attention. They missed
4: an opportunity, um, but Sean meets up with Emily, and they will be going on a double-decker bus. And they
3: also take a photo in a red telephone booth. So oh, they're, there, we they're go. They're hitting there everything,
4: yeah. But they'll be going. Yeah, they'll be going on a private tour of London, um, and the tour guide is Emily wow, more unpaid labor thrust <laughs> upon this woman. It's like They're she's like, a mother. She understands the second shift already. Yeah,
3: she can do it all. They gave her a little fact sheet. They're like, this is a picture of Westminster. You can point at that. And she she gives Sean some fun facts. She's like, this is Big Ben. This is where Princess Diana and prince charles got married you know like, all the most romantic spots in yeah. london she's
4: like it's so aspirational we could too like enter into a very quick marriage and then have a really public messy divorce and then maybe one of us will die
2: <laughs> if we're lucky do you think that sean Lowe knows who will kate diana or charles are he didn't indicate that he did. She mentioned Will and Kate as well. And they had been married like one less than a year at this time. So it was like fresh it was peak yeah. Kate Middleton time. yes. Yeah. In our in our international consciousness. It was very recent, but there was no indication that it meant anything to him.
3: I mean, this is the question like, was the Will and Kate thing like just sort of exclusively a feminine concern in America? Like were men following Will's romance with Kate Middleton
2: as closely as we were in the tabloids? That's a great question. I will say if anyone's looking to catch up, I recommend the royal we. It's a great a great oh. way. And um, I'm going to go with yes. It was a really big deal. It was really big news. Yeah, it
4: was. Okay, I don't but know. Sean's, Sean's not paying attention to things like the news. Passed him by. Okay. <laughs> He's paying attention to Emily. Yeah. And back at the house, the other men are very sad that they didn't get the date. Yeah, they're licking
0: their wounds.
3: Kaylin, Ari and Jeff are discussing their disappointment. We have a clip.
0: I'm like a group date master, dude. Like, yeah. I'm out. I didn't hear, I didn't come here to go on group dates with her. Like, yeah. I came here to hang out with her And if she Yeah, but spends, if you she, gotta realize that if you become a part of her life, pretty much any day it's gonna be a group date. It's gonna be you, her, and Ricky. <laughs> wow. I just think it's so uncalled for for Kalyn to say anything about Emily raising Ricky. I mean, Ricky means the world to her. I mean, he was raised by a single mother, so I was just like, you are seriously arrogant, egotistical. Do you think that's fair to Emily? Like, why why are you here? <laughs> I think when you love someone, you make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, it's like it's part of like being with somebody is like you kind of learn what they're into, and maybe you'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's really deep. I don't. Sorry for explaining relationships. <laughs> I don't even know
3: where to start with this one, but I I feel like we should start uh, with Kaylin's face.
4: <laughs> Kaylin has resting dick face. It, it's it's not something you see in the wild all that often, or it's not commented on.
2: I'm here to defend Kaylin. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, Julia. Wow. <laughs> He didn't say anything about raising Ricky. Jeff with 1F is like, it's really wrong for him to say something about raising Ricky. He didn't say anything about that. He just referenced Ricky's existence. Not lovingly, that's true. <laughs> but did he say anything about raising her? No. No.
3: Yeah, I, I think that also we're running into this thing where, like, we don't actually know what Jeff's in the moment was in reference to. He's in a different outfit. Yeah, that's from his one on one later in the yeah, episode. I'm pretty Which sure that's Kalen's was bad about. It's from way later. Yeah, yeah.
2: it is. It's from, like, at least two days later. So yeah. while Kalen does have resting dick face, he did not say anything about raising Ricky. Okay, at that, that's in that that's particular an scene. fact check. And that's true. He will, in fact, later yes. say some things <laughs> but about at this raising moment, Ricky. But at this moment, he's still, he's okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, I I just want to give him um, credit for, like, pretending to ignore the cameras. Like, he is very much acting like he's just talking to his two friends. But he's, of course, very aware of what he's doing. But, you know, we need that. So credit yeah, where credit He's like, is I'm due. so
4: comfortable being an
2: asshole. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did not even notice. Yeah. That Put me on TV. Felt. Look what a dick I am. Like, yeah. it's, you know— He's just, he's emoting. He's the perfect
4: kind of dick for reality TV. Definitely. Yeah. We don't
3: see that all that often anymore, which it's sort of refreshing. (laughs) But I also love that Ari and Jeff's response is sort of like, you know how when you're dating a woman and like you're really into skateboarding, so she gets really into skateboarding? I think it's going to be like that with parenting a (laughs) six-year-old.
2: I'm not a parent, but I have watched a lot of movies based on going out on a date with a guy and him referencing it. So, I can't say they're completely wrong.
3: No, it is exactly like that. Parenting is just like a cool hobby that, like, you <laughs> see how much your partner loves it. And you're like,
2: you're like oh, I'll try that. See, <laughs> <That's Yeah. fun. laughs> um,
3: So, back on the date, Sean and Emily are sitting on the tiniest blanket on the grass squinting against the sun i mean if this were today i feel like they would
4: have had more of a full lavish setup
2: with yeah, like, like one, one of those picnics
3: yeah. yeah
4: exactly you couldn't we didn't have that we didn't have the instagram picnic right yet. so yeah, now they you were can just hire like,
3: a whole service to set up a picnic for you right to take an instagram photo shoot but they were just like here's a towel enjoy enjoy yeah. <laughs> sit on your asses you're good <laughs> And Sean admits to Emily that he hasn't been on many dates in a while. He's just been on, like, one date five months ago.
4: But she didn't have the qualities that he requires in a woman. He's like, good girls are just hard to come by. And I just want to say, Sean, point of order, false.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I see them everywhere. What is he talking about? As far as I can tell, the
3: planet is just teeming with amazing single women. And you never know a guy to set them up with. Exactly. Exactly. And Emily knows this. She's like, actually, good guys
4: are hard to come by. And then she wants to be precise. And she's like, well, not just good guys. Good guys that you actually liked. <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
3: that's the truth. She's like, there might actually yeah. be lots of not hot good guys, but I don't notice
2: them, so they don't <laughs> count. This was definitely the Bachelor's Chase era, so she's like... She couldn't be like, yeah, it's hard to find good guys that you want to have sex with. Yeah. that's what she really meant by ones you actually like. So, uh, 100%.
3: (laughs) And, however, Sean, he seems like he might be that rare thing. He's hot, and he's a good guy. He even holds her ludicrously capacious handbag as they
2: walk.
4: Tom
3: Womskans would be
4: so
2: horrified by the size of this bag. You could fully do a bank job with her bag. (laughs) Why does she even need a bag for? What could possibly be in it? Although it's very royal of her, because they're always holding bags that have nothing in them. So she doesn't have a phone. I, I'm sure there's a producer around to hold that camera. So. I know. No, it's it's no. purely for aesthetic value. Honestly, it's yeah. so large. My
3: theory is that it is so that Sean can carry it.
2: They're <laughs> it's probably like, true. It's like
3: a prop. They're like, yeah. Ask Sean to carry your bag. <laughs> He's doing it. What a great guy. And then they come upon Speaker's Corner, a famous spot in Hyde Park where people give political speeches. And I was familiar with this already, of course, from the work of P.G. Woodhouse. Any Jeeves and Woosterheads out there tonight? Oh, for three. Oh, my God. No one here is ever... I'm so sorry, Claire. I'd happily talk about British fiction with you later if you'd like to. (laughs) You can sidebar. (laughs) What I'm going to say is that in P.G. Woodhouse novels... A dopey young man is always having to give a political speech to impress a pretty woman, usually because she's, like, a communist. And that is exactly what happens
2: to Sean. That's also the plot of Peaky Blinders at times.
3: (laughs) I think that we do have a clip of Sean's performance. He
2: decides to give a
3: speech about love. Yeah, not communism in his case.
2: Let me tell you what I
0: think about love. (laughs) All right, I think loving someone is giving yourself completely to them, loving them with an eternal type of love, a bond so much deeper than most people can comprehend. I've never experienced the type of love I'm talking to you about, but I have been in the presence of it. My parents have shown me great love. My grandparents have shown me great love. I'm searching for that great love. I haven't found it yet, but I'm hopeful that I will.
4: I mean, just yeah. You watch that clip and you're like, they knew they had their next bachelor
2: (laughs) on their hands. I've actually never heard of anything less attractive. It's unbearable. (laughs) We didn't say it was hot. (laughs) But he does
4: have that, the cadence of like, Barack Obama meets the scammy preacher from Hillsong. Sure. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's
3: so evangelical.
4: It's also
2: very college football coach. Like, we haven't won yes. yet, but I know that we can, and like <laughs> and like, just keep trying, you know, like come out every Friday night high school football coach, I should say not college. but you know, he was a football player, so he's channeling all the coaches that have inspired him and showed him love, his hope. It is true he's a football
4: coach, he's an evangelical. it's like it's all coming together for him, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And this is, I mean, this is the Bachelors
3: brand. It's like people who love mega churches and football. So he was giving what they were looking for. And he was giving what Emily was looking for. She looks so happy. And also, she must have been doing a lot of cheering because by that night, she's completely lost her voice yeah. <laughs> somehow out of nowhere. And Nevertheless, she's gathered herself, she's put on a sparkly gray dress and an extremely bright lilac pashmina. Remember pashminas?
2: (laughs) I used to wear so many pashminas. I I feel like they're quite useful. I would be okay with that coming back. Also, I feel like... you could get them cheap on the street. I feel like also I have a great, a few wedding pashminas, like ones that were given out at weddings. Well, I feel like yeah. there was a period
4: of time where you were told, like, this is the only acceptable garment yeah, to cover course. your shoulders at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. I actually else
3: resent it. It's been replaced with, like, dressy jackets, I prefer which is this. a lot more expensive than a
2: pashmina <laughs> yeah. on the street. And also, like, not essentially disposable, like $10 on a pashmina for three weddings and then yeah. move on. What a deal. Yeah. I want to
3: pull out my box of $10 pashminas this year. Let's make it happen.
2: I would love for them. A a nice like cream colored one
3: goes with so many things. But, you know, I think what Emily shows us um, is that if it's a pashmina, you don't have to match it. It can be lilac. You can wear it with anything. It's basically a neutral. And she is taking him to the Tower of London Dungeons for a romantic dinner.
4: She's so excited about prison.
3: Yeah. <laughs> She's like, so many people suffered and died here throughout
2: history. It's so <laughs> Isn't it cool? I love it. Have you guys been there? No. No. I have. It is a pretty weird place. First of all, I had a great meal there. I just want to note. Wait, um, like, really, mean, that really, wasn't wild. just
3: for them? It's a full restaurant? They have a restaurant. <laughs> I had
2: ravioli. It was really good. Very memorable. Are you sponsored by the London Tourism Board, too? <laughs> no, but I'd like to be. Uh, it's a really weird museum because it it's sort of, like, for children. So it's like, this is where Anne Boleyn was Im- imprisoned before she was... Decapitate it. Like, Yay. So it's it is it's super weird. It's like a very, actually very American in how it like totally glosses over all of like the horrors of what actually happened there. So, besides the like beheadings. Yes, exactly. But so. Emily
4: is pretty like excited about the beheadings. Well, the, food's, the food's good there. So, she yeah.
2: probably is like, great. I'm so happy. Well, they don't so. get to eat the
3: food. They, <laughs> the shoot, they only, can get only the beheading look at it. Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't wait to look at this food and think about the headings. And, she lets Sean know that King Henry VIII kept his wives locked up in this very dungeon and beheaded two of them. And she's like, be on your best behavior. She's
4: switching gender roles,
3: like yeah.
2: feminist queen, you know? I hope she's seen Six.
4: It, was, yeah. it would really like resonate I with really her. was thinking about, I was like, this was before Six the Musical. We didn't yeah. appreciate <laughs> Henry VIII's Six Wives.
3: It's true. I mean, it is another one of those moments where Sean is like, oh, and I'm like, did you not know about King Henry VIII? Genuinely? <laughs> he definitely didn't. There's not a chance that he did. Yeah, throughout this date, it's just moments for Sean to be like, nothing going on in here. Yeah, Yeah. like sounds good. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) Let's look for love. And uh, another example of that is that Emily lets Sean know she's ready for him to, like, drop his bomb. She's like, this is our one-on-one date. You're about to let me know that you've been divorced three times and you you have seven children, right? And he's like, Nope. (laughs) None of that. Nothing else. What you see is what you get. I'm just a (laughs) guy. I have no qualities. And she's like,
4: perfect. I "I "I love that so much. (laughs) She's like, you have everything that could make you perfect, but you're so humble and you don't sell yourself. Yeah. He doesn't know he's beautiful. And that's actually,
3: ironically, what makes him beautiful.
4: You didn't know, but this 2011 banger is actually about Sean. Those beautiful boys, they knew.
3: And Emily tells Sean that she wants a lot of kids. And she's got to, like, kind of get started because Ricky's already six. She doesn't want a huge age gap. And she wants to just start, like, basically the assembly line. And Sean is like, I don't know. Like, I'm one of two. That seemed like a really good number, to be honest. That was an incredible moment.
2: He was like, let's just go for two. (laughs)
4: Two. Two sounds great. And then he (laughs) sees her face, and he's like, ten? Ten? Ten's good. I was like, "Wow, it's so powerful to be a really hot woman." (laughs) She's basically letting him like bargain with himself
2: up to the upper limit of what she might want. Six, eight, (laughs) ten. She's like, "Yeah, we'll get there eventually." Whatever sounds good to you guys. Yeah, whatever whatever you want, Emily.
3: I feel like also historically for men, there is this element of like, "Well, I'm not going to be taking care of them. (laughs) Like, if you want to have ten kids, like, have fun, honey." Um, But that's not how it is anymore. You know, Sean, I think, is a very involved father from what I see on Instagram. Never lies. Instagram never (laughs) lies. No, I don't think so. It's all all real. And Emily's like, you really blew me away. She gives him a rose. And she's like, it's crazy to me to think that you were the first one out of the limo. And now you're here.
4: (laughs) Who would have guessed? Still here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I didn't send you home and now you're here. So <laughs> yeah. so weird. You were sent here to date me
3: and I keep agreeing and you're still here. <laughs> Also, historically, the first one out of the limo is, like, one of the expected front runners. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> it's also, like, let us just reassure you, everyone will be attractive. Like, this is, it'll be pleasant to look yeah. at. And look at this blonde man. He's so handsome. Yeah. And so blonde. So blonde. So is she. It's good they didn't end up together. Yeah. It would have just too been too much Too much blonde. Too much blonde. I think yeah.
3: they're basically the same person in a lot of ways. Yeah. This is my theory. That's And I'm sure that made him an appealing out-of-the-limo person to just be like, you're at home. We found the male version of you. He's blonde and handsome. <laughs> Definitely. And super very safe. Yeah. yeah. Very safe. And, but that, they both needed something a little bit, a little bit different ultimately. But meanwhile, the men at the hotel are salivating over that group date card.
0: All right, guys. Here's what we got. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. What the hell does that mean? So sweet. Hey guys, I believe that was Shakespeare. I think that quote was Shakespeare. Yeah, I think it was. No wonder we didn't know it. A bunch of macho dumbasses. I think it's that
4: Oh my! God. like I've heard of Shakespeare. <laughs> it's it's so cool that like one of them has. I'm well, so Kaylin, proud
3: of them. I will say Kalen isn't the one who spoke up. I'm no, that sure was Alejandro. Alejandro. It's the yeah. only time
4: he got to speak this season.
3: So. <laughs> yeah, They, they were were like, he was in
2: the room for that. Yeah, they were
4: like we were trying to cut him from this whole episode, but unfortunately, <laughs> he's the only one who's heard of Shakespeare. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're all so baffled. It's literally one of Shakespeare's most famous word
2: combinations. <laughs> I mean, it's also like, who are the most famous people to have come from England? I think he's probably like top three. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, hey, we're dealing with Kate Middleton, Middleton.
2: who haven't heard of Kate Middleton, it seems like. That's so. true.
4: There's also been like a quite a lot of Hollywood films. Sure. About like this
2: very work. how many movies do you think those guys have seen collectively though (laughs) like not that many they're like I've only watched football that's and like probably like The Sandlot although maybe they're like too young for that or something Field of Dreams I feel like that's it I feel like they have watched movies as kids and like that's it stop for whatever reason yeah they
4: watched inspiring sports films (laughs) as children and then we're like I got it we're done
3: let's move on that's the canon My favorite movie is Field of Dreams. My favorite book is The Catcher in the Rye. I'm
2: 35. (laughs) Catcher in the Rye? No way! Come on, (laughs) that would be like uh, controversial. I feel like it'd be like it would be absolutely transgressive for any of them to like Catcher in the Rye. (laughs)
4: They're like like, just just understood it. My favorite book is The Five Love Languages. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) absolutely.
3: But now the masculinity is about to get incredibly, incredibly fragile. Fair, fair warning. Because this date is about Shakespeare. And as we have already seen, they're very uncomfortable with that.
4: And as we know, nothing is girlier than Shakespeare, a man yeah. who wrote plays um, exclusively performed by other men. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so we're basically about to watch this date just evolve into full-on gay panic. Um,
4: yeah. We, we did pick this episode because it's Pride Month and we're allies. Yeah. So. <laughs>
3: Representation. Um, so, Emily greets the guys at Stratford-upon-Avon. Her voice is still gone, but she's psyched to perform some Shakespeare in front of a crowd. She's like, I know I sound like I'm on my deathbed, but I don't want them to think that I'm not having fun just because I sound like I'm
4: not having fun. <laughs> God forbid these men think Emily's not having the
2: best time. I'm surprised how much she, like, wants to play the part, honestly. For some reason, when I look at her, I'm just like, this is not what I expected out of her. But she's, like, very game for all this, like, really weird stuff, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that is, like, the
3: Emily magic is, like, she, yeah. she has the most, like, conventionally beautiful Look, that you can imagine for like a white blonde American woman. That money come by, but, but she's like, I'm not going to rest on my laurels.
2: I'm like, no, I need more. I need I, to act. Yeah, I need to get into it with Shakespeare and really show what it's like to be a Shakespearean rep actress.
4: Yeah, the men, however, are are not. They're psyched. not ready. They they in fact crumble at the thought of having to perform Shakespeare, which is what this date will be. Doug, a 33-year-old
3: charity director slash realtor, says, the last thing I want to do is act today, but it's okay. Really not. Not at all. LAUGHTER
4: like, Doug, do you know what they make women do on this show? I have seen women, like, I don't even think Doug crop tops
3: had a p- chug raw cow milk straight from the teeth. <laughs> they have to, like, it's get disgusting.
4: get half naked and get on a tractor and drive it around Los Angeles. I,
2: I will say he didn't even have to play a nurse. So I don't know what he's upset about. He got to play a man, I believe. I think he actually does no, have to does play a nurse. Oh, he <laughs> does? Yes. Oh, I take it back that it is offensive. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you're like, I do feel really bad for him. Yeah. That's wrong. he's been no, tortured. That's yeah. It's so
4: sad for him. Can you keep up? I
1: like loving.
3: Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell
4: the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month.
3: Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs
4: of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out, you won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space, and even better— you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer, Talon,
3: has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too.
4: Go to prettylitter.com LTSI to save 20% on your first order. And get a free cat toy.
3: That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20%
4: on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. So three people from the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust put them through auditions. And the vibe of this audition is sort of like if you've ever been in a ninth grade class where you all have to go around and read a little bit of the Shakespeare out loud. And all of the guys are like so embarrassed to be reading it. And all the other guys are like snickering behind their hands at them while they're reading it. But these men are 30.
2: Just, I also just feel like we have to know it. It's Romeo and Juliet. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's like pretty classic, guys. Check out Baz Luhrmann's movie. Well, exactly. <laughs> we know they didn't see it. They no, see they movies. obviously did not. Just like
3: a major, major Hollywood blockbuster <laughs> with this exact
2: script from like yeah. less than a decade ago. Also not <laughs> too far removed from Shakespeare in Love winning the, the Oscar. So nope. yeah. it's like they really had a lot of opportunities. and Girl stuff. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly.
2: <laughs> no, thank you.
4: And so, most of the men are cast after their auditions as Romeo or one of the other male characters like Mercutio. But Ari and Doug. Wow, poor are, Doug. Are cast as the nurse. Yeah. I know. I know. They are you understand. They They're feel devastated. very sorry
3: for themselves as well. <sighs> Doug is like, this is the absolute last thing I would have wanted to ever do. But apparently, my strength as an actor is playing the opposite sex. <laughs> That is his burden to bear. And he's like, I just have to accept it.
4: Ari can't even put on a good face. He's just like, I'm going to be playing the role of a nurse. Fuck my life.
3: (laughs) He doesn't seem okay. Like, he seems like he's on the verge of tears. He's not okay. And Ryan, 31, a pro sports trainer... Got one of the Romeo roles, and he is gloating.
2: I just want to say I feel Ryan really got the short end of the stick here. If he, if he were on The Bachelor now, he would not be a pro sports trainer. He would be, like, some other job, and then in his bio would be, like, fitness instructor. So I feel like poor Ryan, yeah. he's before his time. Yep. Poor Ryan. Just one episode later,
4: he's going to tell Emily that – She's a trophy wife. <laughs> so. Yeah. We should also, all
2: feel he definitely for has the creepiest line of the episode, which I assume we'll get to.
4: Oh, yeah. No, we've got a
3: lot of Ryan okay. in this episode. So Ryan's thrilled because he's in a scene where he gets to kiss Juliet while his rival Ari will be wearing a dress. He's like, damn, poor fella. <laughs> <laughs> And a little context, of course, is that Ari was the kissing bandit on this season. He was always just throwing Emily up against walls and kissing her. Making out. Yeah. 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 Ryan had not kissed her yet. Although I think he got the first one on one date.
4: He could not stick the landing, though. But now...
3: She's been assigned to kiss him by the by the teacher, and so she has to. He's so like, I'm the best happened. boy,
2: so I get to kiss the best girl. That's how it works. She played right into his hands by telling him he's a good kisser, right? Oh, yeah. That was him? Yeah. yeah. Well, she's, she is
3: very generous. And meanwhile, they're all rehearsing. Ari is really really struggling in his rehearsal he's like i don't know what's more emasculating pretending to be a woman for 90 (laughs) seconds or having to say words i don't know both seem really embarrassing for me yeah
0: i am a weary a weary means tired give me a while fee how my bones ache what a jaunt i have jaunt i have no clue is this a poultice for my aching bones? <laughs> I do not know what a poultice is. Have you got leave to go to shrift today? Uh-huh. Shakespeare is huge in Madison, Mississippi. That's all we do. You know, on the weekends, I just stay at home and read Shakespeare. Mercutio, thou consort with Romeo. Consort! What thou hast minstrels. Okay, can't so say that damn word. <laughs> <because> <laughs> minstrels! <laughs> minstrels!
1: Y'all are
3: so manly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Travis did you go to high school like I don't understand
4: this entire episode is really like an indictment of our public education system (laughs) it's
3: confusing because I thought that they were just doing full time wall to wall Shakespeare until the last five years when it became books by women and gay people assigned by the woke agenda (laughs)
2: But now oh, yeah. it turns the out goal they weren't doing really, Shakespeare before yeah, either. The goalposts
4: really keep moving. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Who knows what we should be reading now? <laughs> Texas just gives out like a blank textbook. Yeah, <laughs> write your own oh, story. Yeah,
2: if you know how to write. Ideally,
4: yeah. they would prefer
3: that you read nothing. <laughs> Um, I wish that Ari had read some more historical fiction because let me tell you, I have known what a poultice was since around the <laughs> some time of I us, could walk.
4: Some of us read Catherine Called Birdie, okay? <laughs> and we learned a lot. Yeah,
2: they should all have to read Hamnet now to make up for it. You know, get the, the inside story <laughs> of really what it's like. I can't imagine inflicting Hamnet on any of these men. They would not. <laughs> they would not be well.
3: Uh, Kalen, however, is convinced that he will shine because he knows how to read. And indeed,
4: he does. I, I, again,
2: I just want to defend Kaelin. He does seem smarter than everyone else. He well, definitely, he certainly thinks so. He, yeah, he and yeah. I agree. Yeah, he's, he's smarter than uh, he everyone else. Yeah, the two of you definitely agree on that.
4: And he is like, I need to win this Shakespeare competition. <laughs> yeah. I will perform to the best of my abilities. Emily, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> he like forgot he's on a dating show. Yeah. He's like... He's
2: like, I'm at a Shakespeare festival. And, and couldn't be a worse actor. Perhaps the worst performance.
4: Yeah, the yeah. funny thing is that he's really um, intent on being word perfect. Right. But he has no personality in there. Not no flair. Heart, no flair. He's very wooden. Yeah. And he's trying to work on
3: it. Emily comes over to flirt with him and Ryan. And Kaylin shoes her away with
4: his hand. L- literally like, like, shoes
3: her. We the- need to rehearse. You can run along. <laughs>
2: Just what every woman wants to hear. You're like, get in my bed right now. It's very it's very true to life of, like, the college experience when, like, men are hanging out together and they're, like, playing video games. They're like, nah, not right now. No, thanks. Except- <laughs>
3: In my experience, they just kept playing the video games until you got the hint. Right, so, until yeah. you left. Yeah. They didn't have to say anything.
4: There was no
2: shooing to say another, another plus one for Kaylin. <laughs> he actually acknowledged her existence. I, think that Kaylin I feel like thinks, we're giving too I many Kaylin plus ones I know. to so, I know. I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this, by the way. Just to be clear, I don't actually like Kaylin. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I, know what's happening. <laughs> I, think, I think Kaylin thinks
3: that he is flirting by doing this. I think that he is actually... Intentionally negging Emily. He read in the almost game. every interaction. And he's like, Oh, if I'm just like, Oh, get out of here. I don't even want you here. She'll think that's like so charming and like, sexy and want to win my yeah. approval.
4: But you like have to have a personality in order to make that work. He's
2: like playing dating games, but there's no games. You're on The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. So he's trying to like act too cool or whatever. And he's yeah. like, Deadpan. Yeah. He's like, Get the fuck out of my way while I practice Shakespeare. <laughs>
3: There's no charming twinkle when Kaylin says you can run along. No, no. no. These men are finally ready to perform. They change into their costumes.
4: They get ready to face a live audience. Imagine if you are on, like, your long-awaited trip to Stratford-upon-Avon because you're just, like, a sicko for Shakespeare. (laughs) And you're like, wow, look at this beautiful Shakespeare in the park that's happening
3: Yeah, it's like a little and then it's Shakespeare Ari <laughs>
4: it's like a crime you should get your money back <laughs> it's a crime yeah
3: <laughs> Ari has just been absolutely freaking out about how he can't do this because he's not a thespian
4: <laughs> he did say thespian yeah
2: he definitely thinks that's the word uh, At yeah. 100% yeah
4: yeah
3: but I mean he know, doesn't know what a jaunt is so yeah vocabulary Stressed. not his strong suit but you know what is his strong suit actually uh comic acting he he just like turns it on and he knocks it out of the park he's it, doing the high voice he's doing the dramatic gestures he's got great comic timing
4: it really reminded me why people liked Ari during this season like he was he was charming he yeah. got into it he was funny
2: he, he's he kind of was like, the, what Kalen wanted to be, which is like charming dirtbag.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to be charming. <laughs> that's the key to component.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also, let's just talk about his uh, zip-up jacket here. <laughs> that's like, I don't know where that's from. It's very unique style. He did have a unique sort of just like bro style that like it was. It was just like this was what was in my closet. I did no shopping in preparation, and here I am. Let's let's date. I so. feel like it's like race car driver athleisure. Yeah. Well, yeah. as a Formula One fan, I can tell you they're really rich. But <laughs> and he's very rich. But he yeah, is. he's just like, this is quiet luxury for him. Yes. <laughs> he was the original Sophia Ritchie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: and he really charms Emily with his performance because drag is hot. That's
4: what we learned from this episode.
3: Yeah, it worked on me. Mm. But Ari, uh, or sorry, Ryan doesn't feel that way about Ari's performance. He's he's like, I, want, I'm winning. I get to kiss Emily tonight, and Ari has to sit there in his little woman dress. <laughs> What what a kind cool of guy
4: word combination is that? His little woman dress, you know, it's like a dress worn by a woman. Gross, yeah, disgusting.
3: I hate women. Very strong toxic masculinity from Ryan throughout this entire date.
4: But Ryan is ready because he's like, my moment has come. Finally, a woman has been assigned to play dead, and then I get to make out with her. Yeah. <laughs> this rules
3: because this is, of course, the scene where. Romeo enters the crypt and Juliet appears to be dead and he kisses her cold lips while killing himself and Ryan is like, hell yeah. This is what it's all about. And he proceeds to take advantage by kissing Emily like five or six times while she's lying there motionless because she's in character and she's like really committed. He's like, and thus with another kiss, maybe one more and a
2: third. He thought it kiss. was Snow White, so he just kept going. He wasn't sure what it was.
3: <laughs> He's like, no one's intervening. Am I just kind of? Can I keep doing this? I, I guess. And he is really pleased with himself afterwards. And yes, Emily is like, Ryan's a good kisser. I'm like, sure. You were there. But Ari is like. No, Ryan is cracking me up. He's excited he finally gets to kiss Emily. And I'm like, dude, it's a play. You're not actually kissing her. If Shakespeare were alive today and saw Ryan, he'd say, Thouest suck.
4: (laughs) I mean, where's the lie? And where's the lie? I do feel like
2: Shakespeare would share Ari's sentiments about Ryan. Yeah.
4: Shakespeare
3: would
2: definitely write a play for Ari. He'd be (laughs) so amazed by his performance. He would be like what You're cast, my new muse. He would be like, I'm going to write Mrs. Doubtfire for you. Yeah. You can play Mrs. Doubtfire. One, one of the great classics. Yeah.
4: Afterwards, the men are rewarded by going to the pub. They have earned beer because they did all that girly shit, like Shakespeare.
2: So <laughs> to note, that's another thing that clearly bachelor producers think about London is like pub. Yeah, they're like double decker bus. Not, it's not wrong. But like, we even saw that this past season with Zach when he was mercifully unwell. So it was (laughs) only the women. So I think it's also just
3: the only thing that many Americans are comfortable with in other cultures. Drinking beer. Where's the beer? Is there beer (laughs) around?
2: This is something I can get behind. Right. It's it's true. I mean, I like it. So you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Look, no, that's what I. Looks like they had a nice time at the
3: pub. And Emily thanks them all for having fun with the date, and she gets some one-on-one time with the different guys. And when Ryan gets his turn, things get a little weird because it's Ryan. And <laughs> you some, say
2: you say weird, I say
3: rapey, but okay, carry on. <laughs> potato, it's potato. Called potato, a euphemism. You know. <laughs> um, some very villainy music starts to play as he ushers her into a private, curtained corner where they can't be interrupted. And Emily's yeah. like, "You are trouble."
4: And and at that point like 70s porn music begins to play. Yeah. They're like it's really hot when men are dangerous. Yes. Sexy
3: Whoa. danger.
2: I mean even worse what he says.
4: He's
3: he says in my experience when a girl says you're trouble and she smiles as she says it, that means she wants
2: to get in trouble. That's 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 like a fireball offense here in 2023. That's oh, it, Ryan. It's time for you to go. I would not recommend saying that at the
3: workplace. Uh, yeah,
2: 100. At this, I'm also like
3: that's both a very creepy thing to say, and I certainly don't trust Ryan's interpretation of women's vibes. But also, <laughs> I'm like, he's just describing flirting as if he's the only person who knows about it. He's like, it. I
4: figured it out when a woman likes you. It's like when she, she likes says flirty you. things
3: to you with a smile. Yeah. She's flirting with you.
2: I think it's <laughs> the way he emphasizes trouble and that it's like really made me uncomfortable. I was no, it just- does
4: make the, the like, skin crawl yeah also, like, I was
2: just like um I don't really know that you belong here anymore so also his haircut it's very hard oh, to look past. don't and, worry we yeah. have we
4: have a visual shortly oh yeah. wonderful sorry because Ryan <laughs> has a gift for Emily he in reaches, his pants pocket reaches into his pants pocket and <laughs> mercifully pulls out a turquoise necklace Emily is so happy, and I think it's because she's so relieved that that's the gift.
3: That was in the pocket.
4: And he responds by making this face. Yeah. So, yeah, look at the face—
2: Look at the hair. Look at the vest. The vest. You you guys have chosen both the uh, crop and the photo to make him look like the skeeziest guy (laughs) on a daytime soap opera in 1997 possible. Yeah, it's like you're welcome. It is unreal. Great job. This is my
3: life's work. So, (laughs) I mean, the moment when she thanks him earnestly for the gift, and he goes, "Little finger gun," I'm like, this is what. a a douche character would do in a scripted comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you understand
2: what vibe you're giving off right now? He's He's like, I really
3: did that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) His hair is so bad. It's like, it's like close crop Justin Bieber.
3: (laughs) It is. It's like swooping down. It's really bad. But it stops so, so early on his forehead. So, (laughs) while Ryan has locked Emily away in a hidden corner to pull things out of his pants pocket for her. <laughs> Kaylin is radiating frustration. So we get a little, a little seating of the big conflict
4: that's about to unfold. Chris Bukowski is like, Kaylin, don't worry, you'll get a chance to talk to Emily. And Kaylin is like, oh, I'll get a chance to talk to an exhausted sick mother who has a child awaiting her. <laughs>
3: I'm like, some people are honored to have this opportunity.
4: Yeah. Shout out to Greg. Greg's in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And every (laughs) night he's like, I'm so happy I get to
3: talk to an exhausted, sick mother who has a child (laughs) awaiting for her. (laughs) What a blessing. (laughs) Kaylin doesn't feel that way. He's like, if she's not in the pink of health and very well-rested then I don't want to hear it, quite frankly. Calen yeah. would absolutely break up with a
4: woman if she got sick at all.
3: De- like, oh, definitely.
2: I just like how he makes it seem like this, like, drag on Emily's time is really what the problem is. It's like everything would be okay if she didn't have to, like, put her attention somewhere else. But he's just, like, really upset that Ricky exists because he can't be the only one that she's spending time with. It's but here's like, the thing. And Kaylin, seems to
4: hate Emily.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's confusing. He, like, resents her and doesn't even know her. It's just, like, we understand you probably have some issues with your mom, but, like, let's take that somewhere else. You you gotta go to therapy, dude. Yeah. Men will literally go on The Bachelorette instead of
4: going to therapy. (laughs) Yeah.
3: No, he does. It's wild how, like, every time he talks about Emily, you're just, like, he hates her and he (laughs) is still here for some reason. And Chris is really bothered by this. He's, like... This is very disrespectful to those of us who are here for the right reasons, and so I'm going to take this to the group. And while he's filling the group in, he mentions a comment that I guess happened off camera, cause they don't have it. But everyone present agrees that it did happen, with these words used. Apparently, Kalen said something about Ricky being
4: baggage. Mm. And Doug is a single father, and he is horrified, but he's like a good journalist. He needs to do some fact-checking. So he pulls Kaylin aside and is like, did you say this in this way? And Kaylin is like, yeah, absolutely did, and I'm not going to apologize for it.
3: Would that all our sources would be so forthcoming. Yeah,
4: I know. (laughs) I'm just like, they don't make villains like this anymore. Now they're trying to do like manipulation and subterfuge. Back then, it's just like, yes, I did. I love being an asshole.
2: Should we get Kaylin and Shanae together? I feel like they're both Honestly, like, yes. I don't know. I feel they like there could be it. a love connection there. Also, I feel like an older man would be really good for her. So just <laughs> I throwing think that, that out there. might be too much dark energy in one,
3: in one space. I'm, I also think it's such an interesting thing to say, I'm not going to apologize for it, which in itself concedes that you know you really should you apologize
2: should, yeah. for it. I, I like that he doesn't apologize uh, just because I'm well, obviously good, good TV. But, but moreover, he's like, yes, a child is baggage. Like yeah, what else is there? How else would I interpret this? It's like, yeah. it's like he's reading a source text and he can't believe everyone else doesn't see it as well. I'm just, I'm just saying the facts here. Yeah. And so Doug decides
3: to take it to Emily and he sits her down and he's like, I need to tell you that someone here referred to Ricky as baggage. And she's like, who? Who? And finally he's like, I'll tell you it was Kaylin. And then we do have a <laughs> clip. <laughs> I'm trying to think
1: of you know, the most ladylike way I can handle it, the most graceful way. <sighs> the worst reaction in life is always a knee-jerk, angry reaction.
0: Great point. You
1: know, there's. I agree with that to a point, but I want to go out there and rip yeah. his limbs off and beat him with them. I will protect my family till day I die. I say we just go out there. You want to? Yeah. I want to ask. Alright. I want to go off and go crazy because that's how much I love my daughter. I want to come West Virginia, put rat backwoods on his <laughs>
4: I mean, iconic line line of the season. Yeah, that is why Emily Maynard is a goddamn icon. Yeah, that 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 speech right there. And the fact that Doug is like, yeah, let's be measured. And she's like, murder. What about murder? (laughs) I actually feel bad for Doug because I feel like he's
3: really trying to match her energy Like, she's like, I want to be ladylike about this. And he's like, of course. We don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction. She's like, murder. (laughs) Dismemberment and then murder. I'm troubled that your first reaction, Doug, wasn't dismemberment, (laughs) quite frankly.
2: Do you think it's funny that she's, like, interprets it as, like, a, this is an insult to Ricky, not this is an insult to me? Like, she's very focused on, like, protecting her daughter, but she also should be like... Fuck you, like this is who I am. Like, I I there's nothing wrong with being a mom. Like, I feel like it's just funny to me that she doesn't interpret it at all as like I'm like you're you're judging me. And I'm like, well, I guess that's what it's like to be incredibly beautiful as Emily. Cause she's yeah. just like, this can't be a referendum on me. No, I feel like you know also what?
4: Emily is savvy and she's like, people will care more about a woman complaining if it's about the children. That's true.
3: I mean, I also think that when you are dating with A child, that is like a big fear, right? Like, what if they don't love my child? They just want me. And then I've like brought that upon my child. I feel like I do really understand that protective instinct coming out. That's just like, he might want me around and the kid, right?
2: Just like in the basement, you know? <laughs> back in the Tower of London. Yeah, um, where the all the baggage goes. Counterpoint in point, the basement. Though, she subjected her child to being on television. So yeah,
3: we all make mistakes. <laughs> um, and so, so Emily heads back out with Doug to confront Kaylin about this insult to Ricky. And Doug. Cues it up for her. He takes the
0: floor. Do
1: you have anything to say for yourself?
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, it's unfortunately came up in a, again with a negative connotation. I mean, it's not baggage. That's part of your life. And it's going to be a big responsibility for, you know, whoever these men you, you happen to end up with.
1: It's a huge blessing. That is my heart and soul. And for anyone to say that that's baggage, Well, that's certainly... let me talk. I love to hear you talk, but not until I'm done. I got that line from you. So, for anyone to say that that's baggage does not deserve to be on any date with me. So, is there anything you can say to say, no, I didn't say that?
0: No, not at all. Then
1: get the f*** out.
2: He thought she, she thought she was joking. He doesn't move. He's yeah. just like, wait,
4: what? I am like, leaving? wait, I am just dismi- class dismissed. <laughs> also, I love the faces of all the other men that are just trying to like shrink out of their chairs. Like, I didn't do it. Don't let Kaylin rub off on me. <laughs> also, like
3: a great reminder that in a previous episode, he said to this woman that he is trying to court. I love to hear you talk, but not until I'm done. And she did not send him home on the
4: spot. I know. <laughs> A patient woman. And yeah,
2: the showing away woman. was more offensive than <laughs> telling her that.
4: But honestly, you have to respect it. She like stored that little morsel away and pulled it out at exactly the right time. Like most of us would wake up in a cold sweat three days later and be like, "Fuck, I should have said that." <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, she's 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 very like she will use your words back on you, and she also didn't make her seem quick. I, I liked it. Yeah,
3: she was. Loved she it. handled this. Like a, a professional. Like I'm like, this is a reality TV professional. i, I not everyone can do this. And I want to I wanna applaud that. Also, Kaylin decides to pause before leaving. He's like, I'm not done. I'm worried that some of you may have had too generous an interpretation of what I said. So <laughs> I was He's talking you. to me
2: exactly in that moment. It's like, Juliet, Juliet I actually am an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I am the worst. I need to confirm yeah, it for you. Know. He's like, all I was
3: trying to express is that I always dreamed my first child would be one of my own. <laughs>
4: oh okay now you get it yeah Yeah. when you put it that way when you're a step-parent it's like not real yeah yeah her child would be
3: personally destroying a lifelong dream of his yeah that's all it is yeah and that's fair and it's hard to argue with that you know and emily is not impressed by this she's like you're the son of a single mom how dare you like you should know better you know what, this conversation is so inappropriate. I'm not even going to have it. She gets up and she leaves. And as she walks away, she's like, I think Kaylin's just a terrible human being, not a nice person. I think Kaylin should go home and thank God I didn't have a voice tonight. Otherwise, he really would have heard what I thought.
4: <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I feel like we heard, like we got it. I'm scared. I'm terrified. There, Honestly, there's nothing more chilling than someone being like, threatening dismemberment, but at a very, like, calm tone. Oh, definitely.
2: I've had, I've had like, superiors, like, yell at me and, be like, and very, very calmly, like, say, like, outrageous things, but they're so calm that it must be true. It's like, well, yeah, right, of course, yeah, I did fuck up. You're right.
3: <laughs> In my calm and considered opinion, yeah. you should be ripped limb from limb for what you did. <laughs> In his exit limo of shame, Kaylin Takes one more crack at this and he's like, listen, I did say it. I absolutely meant it. Unfortunately, it was taken out of context. And that context, of course, is that he's a
4: really nice guy. And also, he has a mother and a grandmother. He's like, as the son of mothers, I'm a stand up guy. So yeah. you all understand what I was saying. Yeah. Once you're a nice guy,
2: you can basically do or say anything. If you know a woman, you can just be like, you know, (laughs) as someone who's spoken to a woman one time, of course I'm a nice guy. I'm amazing.
3: Now that I have a son, I actually live in fear of finding out that I've been used in this way.
2: (laughs) Of him being like one day doing a press conference and being like, as someone who has a mother, I can just tell you I'm a good guy. (laughs) I would never mistreat a woman in the way that I was documented
3: on video doing. (laughs) My mother, Claire Fallon... (laughs) will vouch for me (laughs) no one's running away (laughs) and after this emily is demoralized she's like how did i let a guy this terrible slip through the cracks this whole time and i have to ask the same question because it seems like she didn't even like him very much and
2: she did she's been storing away like the slights too (laughs) she's been waiting for it like like a Chipmunk with acorns around. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did you really
3: think that you were going to marry the guy that you were keeping a dossier of his yeah, dickish like, remarks? The times that he's um, insulted you. I don't think so. <laughs> but she's also like, I'm really upset with the guys. No one said anything except for Doug. Justice for
4: Doug.
3: Doug gets completely memory hold like yeah. right away.
4: The problem is Emily actually means to say...
2: None of the guys I actually like said anything. I also find Doug very uh, forgettable. Like, I forgot he was in this episode. And I just watched it this morning. So I don't blame her. Poor Doug. (laughs) Truly. I hope he's in your epilogue. I'd love to know what he's up to (laughs) now. You know
3: what? We forgot. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry, Doug. Um, But she sits down with the men and she's like, I'm really bummed. I'm really disappointed you didn't bring this to me sooner. And Ari's like, I just, I I knew you would get there. And I'm just so glad you have an intuition that is strong enough to sort that out. An intuition in a
2: dog shape. I know. Does he know what intuition is? It might be the same as jaunt to him, a.k.a. undefined. He's
4: like, I don't know. It's like a man named Doug. Intuition. (laughs)
3: I wish that I had a man named Doug whose job was just to
4: tell me things that I needed to know. just like hovering next to you, giving you helpful information. Yeah,
3: and then he never takes any credit for any of it. And you don't have to remember him at all. But Emily is really pretty upset because Ari was the person she wanted to be, her intuition in this situation. And she's like, I really believe my dream guy would fight for me, fight for Ricky, I don't know if I have that here. Because, like, she has two Venn diagrams of guys. There's the guys who would fight for her and Ricky. That's Doug. And then there's the Venn diagram of guys that she wants to have sex with. And those
4: circles do not overlap. No.
3: Or so it seems right now. Yeah, it's
4: really dawning on her that she's, like, going to have to get engaged to one of these men and then end it abruptly
2: in three to six months. Well, she she was engaged to Bradwell Max, so she's That's true. You know. she's already
4: done it. She's like, what's one more? Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah,
2: she's she's and she was married to Ricky's father. I mean, to Ricky's yeah, to they, Ricky were Hedges, right? oh, they were engaged, right? Oh, they're engaged, right? So I mean, they were very young. They she were eighteen. 18. Yeah. So who wants to have a third engagement if it's not going to be the real deal, right? You know? Yeah. Well,
3: unless it's to Jeff, which yeah. could always be a fun ride.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the
3: next morning, she relaxes and has some quality time with Ricky in their Barbie
4: pink suite. I mean, this slide is unnecessary but just like how cute is Ricky? So cute. She's so cute and that room is so pink. It's so pink. It's so pink and
3: she's feeling beat up after what happened. I thought you met Ricky.
2: And I was like, really? She seemed happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ricky's having a great day. Yeah, she's like, she's making up, she's like reading um King Arthur and she thinks it's real. She's like, that's Buckingham. What does she call it? She like, says Brickingham Palace Brickingham where Palace. the dragon lives. Yeah so, yeah. so she's she's like learning about Merlin and living life. Yeah. So she's doing great.
3: No, it's beautiful to see, actually. And but inside Emily is suffering where she can't let her daughter see it. And also, she can't let Jeff see it because, of course, she has to make sure that she is on her A-game on all these dates. And it's time to get together with Jeff. And this is
4: what he's wearing,
2: I was disappointed in this episode because I, as a Jeffologist, can tell you <laughs> this is not representative of Jeff with one F's true style. Jeff? I think the skinny tie is pretty this, representative. Yes, but what about the skinny jeans? This is no, the it's leucis, true this is the loosest he owns. Yes, yeah. This is not this is not the Jeff that I know. Also, his jacket looks wrinkled. It's like, I don't know where he got this from. We got to
3: talk about this jacket. You Claire can't was, see it very well here, but it is clearly made of sweatshirt material. Like
2: Yes. That like, was big. That I, was like, at the same a thing. time. That's what I was
3: telling
4: Claire. Yes. She was
2: sending me very panicked texts about this blazer. I have several cardigans that are made of sweatshirt material and they're like, I would like to wear them all the time. So I, I'm going to defend that as well. Do they I'm have sorry. leather
4: accents on the elbows? No, so. they're, they're from thegapfactory.com. <laughs> so a cardigan is not a jacket. It's yeah. Fair enough. A cardigan I, is a cozy item.
2: But this yeah. is definitively his worst outfit, probably in the history of Jeff. It's, and yet, it's I was good. so
4: in for him. I was like, "Look at at this alternative man on The oh, Bachelor. That finally oh.
2: the diversity we've been craving in 2012." At Grantland in 2012, we talked a lot about this haircut, and it was yes. either called the Jeff. Or the David Beckham. So if you're, if that's your milieu, you and David Beckham, you're doing pretty great. So we yeah. no, were right. I mean, no, and it was before this it got this... co opted
4: by Richard Spencer and the alt right. So yeah. These were the heydays. This well, is the last moment it was acceptable to have this haircut.
2: Then they probably like watched the Shakespeare date and they really understood what their mission was in this life. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, "This is these the these guys get it." Before <laughs> yeah. Richard Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Everything. But we, Where we currently are can be explained by this episode
3: of That's <laughs> That's extremely dark. Um, so Emily is taking Jeff to afternoon tea at Chiswick House. And he's, like, delightful. But he doesn't seem, like, that excited. And we just have to wonder, like, does he realize
4: what Greer Blitzer would do for this date? <laughs> like, does Jeff have a tattoo of a tiny teapot on yeah! his arm? Tea is, like
2: you know, really important to career. So yeah. it's her personality. <laughs> also, another thing Jeff and Emily clearly don't know, at a proper British tea, everything is bottomless. Uh, literally everything. The tea, the champagne, the food. So they're not taking advantage of it. And they're really screwing up. <laughs> they
3: really don't take advantage of this date at all. It's actually no. well, you know what? to watch. Jean, and who is there to teach them how to get she
4: really agrees. She agrees that <laughs> yes. they are not taking advantage of this date.
3: <laughs> to learn. Or her expertise. Jean is... Uh, Our etiquette expert, she is wearing a violently pink blazer, and she is ready to show them the ropes of afternoon tea. It's extremely detailed etiquette. I have to say it's not very intuitive. I can see why they struggled with it.
2: Well... She didn't tell them the, the number one rule of afternoon tea is it's bottomless. So so <laughs> I cannot like, stress this enough. You're like, this lesson was bullshit. <laughs> free, I'm very passionate about free food. And so I'm very disappointed <laughs> that they didn't find this out. I mean, so, that is a public
4: service.
3: Yeah. You.
2: If you're ever doing a proper tea, make sure you can have as much as you want.
3: Jean also teaches etiquette sort of like I teach my husband how to cook. Which is really fun for everyone. You just like hover a couple inches behind their shoulder. And then every now and then you let out a horrified gasp and you go, <laughs>
4: not like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jean.
3: Yeah. But in her case, it's because like the spout of the teapot is pointing the wrong way. And I mean the horror. It's can you, really can you even imagine? And Jeff is just an absolute misery. He's like, I don't even care how many sandwiches I can eat if I have to eat them the way Jean is showing me how to eat them. But finally, Jean leaves them alone for just a moment, and Emily confesses that she would rather eat a PB&J with the crust. With
2: the crust. She's the original cool girl. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she likes Uncrustables? Or is she just like, no, no crust here?
3: I think what we're seeing from Emily is that she's just the kind of chill girl who would eat an Uncrustable, or she'd eat a homemade peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs>
2: whatever's
4: there. Whatever's yeah. full size. Whatever goes open great a with a beer. Yeah. We know how to be chill. And Jeff is like,
3: yeah, let's get out of here. Let's go to the pub. So, another pub.
2: (laughs) They're back at the pub. I assume it's the same pub. Probably. They're regulars now. They got one location cleared, so they're going to keep using it. Also, I think when you're the
3: bachelorette, the pub is also bottomless. Definitely. That's kind of the main perk of being the bachelorette. Until
2: about 2017. Yeah. And then it it became two drinks an hour, but now we're back to three. Yeah,
3: until the potential lawsuits. Yeah. So at the pub, Jeff decides it's time to tell Emily the exciting news that he was actually there when Kaylin called her daughter baggage. He's like giddy.
4: He's like, did you know I was there
2: for the event of the week? Just want to say there's no uh, proof of that, so... We we already know that they, like, went out of order to use the Jeff bite earlier in the episode. So Jeff is saying that, but again, we have no evidence, which is fine. (laughs) I mean,
3: it would not surprise me either way, legitimately. Jeff seems like the kind of, it's like the kind of situation where some horrible disaster happens and you get the vibe that he's like, oh, yeah, like, my dentist was there. And like, so really like I've been really (laughs) affected by thinking about like, what if my dentist had been injured at this event?
4: It's basically like I experienced that trauma firsthand. Yeah,
3: And so when, you know, you just, it's hard to tell whether he's telling the truth or he just like wants to be involved, but
2: he does. Wants to get a kiss. Well, Well,
3: he's playing the long game here. Yeah. He sets it up here and he's playing it out until dawn basically. (laughs) And he confesses he was there, and he's like, you know, I responded by asking if Kaylin thought it was fair
4: to be there, ruining her chances with all these other great guys like he's Jeff. He's like, I really stood up for you by defending my own competitive advantage. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Have you thought about how this affects me, Jeff, a guy who's here for the right reasons? And... Emily also wants to know if this raised any doubts for Jeff about having a stepkid. I think we... So the whole Kalen thing didn't
1: spark something in your brain? You know what? I'm not that dumb. I I hate kids,
0: too. All of a sudden, I hate kids. I'm a
1: terrible human being, too. You
0: know what? If Ricky's baggage... Then she's a Chloe handbag that I want to have forever. Vintage Louis Vuitton. Vintage Louis Vuitton handbag.
1: Yeah, luggage set. Yes,
0: she's. I agree.
1: That's a great way to put it. I love that. Thank you.
0: Cheers to Ricky.
1: Cheers. Thank you for
3: that. There is a positive connotation you can call a kid baggage
2: in.
4: This I, man knows brands. He was like, I'm going for Chloe.
2: I've to say, I don't think Chloe was had the same market penetration in 2012. I no, mean, he he knew. He's like <laughs> he probably was really passionate about the 2023 Met Gala because it was a lot, it was a lot of Chloe. So I'm happy I'm just really happy for him. Uh, I was impressed by that. I was, uh, as I was walking over here from the subway, I saw someone, uh, just a regular person, uh, rolling with a Ramoa luggage, like Ramoa uh, suitcase. And I was like, oh, it's just like Ricky. Really? Like luxury (laughs) luggage. Look look at that beautiful baggage. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that's really expensive. So you'd want to keep that forever. (laughs) Yeah.
3: But after this, as reassured as Emily is, she's like, I still don't know whether he's, like, attracted to me, which seems important. It's
4: week five. Yeah. So they've got to sort And this guy that out. wins. And she's like, does he even like me? It's yeah. unclear.
2: I think he wins because of the way he talks about Ricky. Honestly. I think because of this. Because he brings it up. He doesn't avoid it. He has this wonderful Chloe comparison, which she, which totally goes over her head. She's just like, uh, Louis Vuitton. Uh, and I think that like this actually, like this begins this, Jeff's journey. to I stardom. And also she's attracted to him, which yes. she, unlike Doug. She's confused by him. So she's like, I, I want to know more. And we're all confused by Jeff. No, we all want <laughs> she's to know like, more. This guy seems non-threatening. And I love that. It's probably true after Brad, who I think seems incredibly threatening. You're like, oh, yeah. this seems very She's safe. Like a I'm a little less one, square jawed this time. The one strong
3: memory I have from that season is after on After the Final Rose, when she basically was like, Brad has an anger problem.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you think, Emily? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, dark. So um, she went a different direction. Uh, and now she has to figure out, If he does want to kiss her. So they change into their evening wear. She's got her opaque black tights on and love tights. I know. I was like jealous. Yeah. I was always, always wearing them in 2012 (laughs) and they walk through the streets to the London eye for dessert, which is like a giant Ferris wheel. But the, this, the, uh, seats are like these egg shaped bubbles
2: that you sit in and hang out in there, have a dessert Replicated so. in Las Vegas, as seen on Bravo, many a show. They, there's like been a few Housewives trips where they like go in, go on this the you know, Vegas the, Eye, the Vegas yeah. Eye, and also I think on Ladies of London, which is great. Watch it on on Peacock if you haven't. I I love Ladies of London. It's great, great show. Great show.
3: I mean, it is the, it is the kind of tourist attraction that you're just kind of like. This doesn't feel very like specific to London. It definitely feels like
4: it could be in Vegas.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to do that. I, I would prefer like them going back to the Tower of London or something like that. I
4: thought you were gonna be like back to the pub this <laughs> time <It's laughs> or time like again. go
2: to like Harrods, rent it out, and just like do like a shopping date or something.
4: Yeah. But in Harrods, it might be difficult to really get such a great shot of these parfaits. <laughs> yeah. Which sit untouched throughout their entire date. It's very distracting because they're so vertical. They're so vertical.
3: (laughs) And it would be so obvious if even a single spoon touched either one of them. It's like they really want you to notice that they're not eating yeah. the parfaits at this point. Like now they would do like a charcuterie plate or a, a fruit yeah. plate. Very hard to tell if a bite has been taken from a charcuterie board. Yeah.
2: That's a, a great point. But they, they weren't that worried about continuity because of the Jeff continuity error. It's true. They do clothes. think their audience is stupid. So yeah. there's that. It's yeah. probably harder for them to edit it, honestly. Like it's probably like more work. So yes. it's not really about the audience noticing. It's about like how little work do we have to do to get this episode done.
3: Yeah, no, there. It's definitely for that reason. But I have to say, I feel like they could have made it a little bit less noticeable. You know what? We're not. We're, I'm not going so did to. Sorry, you did. You're hear to talk about parfaits <laughs> it for
2: this. So <laughs> it's possible.
3: <laughs> so over these untouched parfaits, Emily is like, "Listen, I sometimes question. Like, are you into me? Uh, learning what Kaylin said really shook my confidence. I'm wondering what else I'm missing." And Jeff is like. I would never lie to you. Don't worry. And also, I don't really know why a person wouldn't like you. I mean, any person who says any shit about you needs to come on a Ferris wheel and overlook London and have a
4: conversation with you because you're so nice to everyone. I mean, that's just what everyone wants. Like, line up a whole (laughs) bunch of people who have talked shit about you, and then you have to convince them one by one that you're good.
3: (sighs) Also, like, she basically was like, are you into me? And he was like, I can't think of a reason why I wouldn't be. He's like,
4: the the world is into you. Everyone's into you. I'm the same amount of
3: into you as any randomly chosen guy (laughs) off the street, I assume. So far seems good. (laughs) Let's see where this goes. And she is touched by this. And she also asks... If she and Ricky moved to Salt Lake City, would it feel for him as a swing and single 27 year old guy? Would it feel like the party was over?
4: And Jeff is like, no, it would just be beginning dance parties all night. It really gives you insight into what Jeff thinks parenting is. He's yeah. like, you go, you do whatever all day. You come back. Ricky and I are having a dance party. You go, you do sleeping or something. You wake up, Ricky and I are still having a dance
2: party. It's like, mostly fun stuff. stuff.
4: It's mostly dance parties.
2: He's, like, casting himself as the babysitter, not the husband and yes, father. correct. <laughs> he's like, I'll yeah. be the nanny. He's and like, this
3: is the level of you. parenting
4: that I'm comfortable with.
3: <laughs> Can you imagine co-parenting someone who it's, like, an hour past bedtime, and you're like, he's still having a dance party. I cannot <laughs> get him to turn on the bath. And... Emily's like, well, at least he doesn't seem actively horrified by the thought of parenthood. So this is great. Like, we're doing so well. The state's going amazing. She offers him the rose. They look out at London through the windows of the London Eye. And Jeff in and in the moment is like, there's not a more perfect place to share our first kiss. And at that
4: very moment, the ride comes to an end. (laughs) He has failed to make a move. Like, get it together, Jeff. But he was just waiting to prepare the perfect
3: line, which he then deploys as they stand by the water afterward, which is that he, quote, would definitely be really bummed if he didn't get to kiss her.
2: That is the magic of Jeff with one F, you know, that's a winning line when it comes from Jeff with one F. (laughs) I know it's it works. She's like, oh, you'd be really
3: bummed. Okay,
2: (laughs) then we'd better make out. (laughs) Is it possible she's never met someone, like, from the Western part of America before this show? I think
3: that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think think that,
4: I think...
2: Yeah, I, I feel like she's right. very charmed by this, like, laid-back
4: guy like, he's vibe. he's laid-back, yeah. he's not too aggressive. Yeah. All these other men are, like, winking at me and trying to make yeah. out with me while I'm comatose. Yeah. Like, he's this guy's the, an improvement.
3: He's got this, like, straight-edge, like, Mormon hipster vibe that surely she's not encountering a lot in
2: Charlotte. He definitely introduced the Mormon hipster to me way before TikTok, <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a new archetype, honestly. Yeah, this show just really... Uh, Ahead, ahead of the curve. So much, yeah. Absolutely.
3: And with that, it is time for the cocktail party. And Sean gives us a little vibe check. He's like, they're actually, I'm going to report a vibe shift. The vibe going into tonight's rose ceremony is
4: serious. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing vibe checks in 2012. But Sean was Sean's, all over it.
2: Yeah, that's why yeah. he's the bachelor. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, I mean, he's not feeling serious. He's like, I'm one of two people who was not... Present at the group date. He's to off the hook. sooner. Yeah, yes.
4: Sean and Jeff just spend this entire cocktail party doing a victory lap, <laughs> looking at every man and being like, "I would have done it better than yep. you."
3: Yeah, you
2: guys need to do better. Do better, <laughs> yeah, Ari. Do,
3: please. You can't prove that I wouldn't have done better. I didn't. I wasn't there.
2: We also can't prove that you were there, Jeff. So
3: there's that too. <laughs> Emily comes in in a one-sleeved royal blue gown with a bejeweled cuff. It's very, like,
2: Kate Middleton. She looked phenomenal, in my opinion. Maybe not a cool style, but she looked great. She crushed it. She always looks great.
3: So did Kate Middleton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's like, I was shown a huge lack of respect this week. I lost a lot of confidence in myself, but I hope and have faith that you don't share Kaylin's views. And now I'm going to grill each of you about whether (laughs) and to what degree you share Kaylin's
4: views. And these men have not prepared at all for this conversation. (laughs) Like, you you think they would see this coming, coming, but they do not. She sits down with Travis, and she's like, so, Travis, what would you do if someone talked badly about your girl? And he's like, you know, you step up to the plate. I'd say, you know, I hope you're not talking about, you know, Emily. (laughs) It's really inspiring a lot of confidence, Travis. He's like, I hope
3: you're not talking about Emily. Because if you were, I might have to like do something And I don't about want it. to. I
4: really don't. I'm trying to catch up on my <laughs> Shakespeare. They didn't teach me in high school.
3: His answer is basically sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> baseball metaphor. I would do, yes, baseball metaphor. And then she sits down with Ari, a front runner, who is about to experience his first bad experience ever. Ever.
2: Wow. Charmed life until this very moment. Yeah. yeah.
4: And it shakes him to his core.
3: His very core. He's like, I don't like this whole adversity thing. It's not for me. She tells Ari she can fight her own battles. And he's like, that was clear.
2: And she's <laughs> like, good. You don't need me. I'm <laughs> yeah. off the
4: hook again. He's like, this is going great. And she's like, no, Ari, there's more in this sentence. I'm not done.
3: Yeah. She's like, I feel like you, of all people, I feel really close to you. And he's like, great. I'm glad. <laughs> oh my God, I'm nailing this. This is going so well. And then she's like, I also just want my husband to have my back and i felt like
4: in that moment i was by myself and he's like oh no
3: this <laughs> Conflict. is not happening. <laughs> he goes
4: back to all the men and he's just like guys i had my first bad conversation Ever, (laughs) I want to redo it. Do you get to redo it when that happens? Can you make
2: her forget? How do you rewind? Yeah,
4: I've watched three movies in my life. You rewind
3: them. Yeah, and Jeff helps out by piping up and being like, "I would have done better than you did. That's for sure." (laughs) Thanks,
2: Jeff. Thanks,
3: Jeff. So helpful. (laughs) He's like, "I just respect Emily as a person is the thing. So I would have warned her because you know." She deserves to know about snakes in the grass. And Ari's like, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and Ryan has another strategy
0: for the night. He has
3: come equipped with a distracting activity to do with
0: Emily. Uh, I had that last scene, and I think we killed it. Um, you know, but I think I have a little bit more of i uh, I've got one more performance left in me. Leonardo DiCaprio. get your heart out, buddy. <laughs> but soft. What light through yonder window breaks. Is it the east? Juliet is the sun. Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon who is already sick and pale with grief. All right, so basically, it says that everything here is so beautiful, but yet you are far more beautiful than everything around us. And um, I'm super excited to be here with you tonight.
2: (laughs) Why didn't this this bear just say that? She's so far away from him.
4: (laughs) Just like, like she wants to be. The highest stairs ever. She's like, thank God. Great. Do your little Shakespeare down there. And he's like, I basically have a master's degree in English now. <laughs> what a close reading. It's, I'm going to, it's C work for
3: me. Um, so Sean, in his time with Emily, reassures her, reassures her, there's good guys here still. I'm one of them. I would have done the right thing. And she says she believes that if he'd been there, he would have stood up and said something. I think, I i mean, I kind of believe it, but there's just no way to know. I definitely oh. do not believe it.
2: <laughs> That's not the Sean that I know. I mean, he gave he gave the speech, sure, on the soapbox. But mm. um, at no other point in Sean's public life did he really, like, relish standing up for someone. I mean just thinking about the sparkle, you know, of next, well, that's when true. he's the bachelor. Yeah.
4: So. He's, he, he only enters conflict under duress.
3: Yeah. So only mm-hmm. one forced to. Yeah. No, this is the ideal way, way for him to encounter it is to Force. just not be there. Versay.
4: And then and be, like, be like, I like, would have done amazing. Yeah.
3: yeah. And I'm so sorry that that horrible thing happened to you. It's a shame that there are bad men in the world, but I think Emily does see him as a kindred spirit. Definitely. So she's like, I do believe that he would have had my back they slow dance, and she's like, for the first time, Sean made me feel butterflies, not in my stomach, but in my heart. Aw. <laughs> heart, heart, heart butterflies.
2: Uh, I don't think that's a thing, but okay.
3: I don't really know what that means. It sounds like I don't, a heart palpitation. Yeah, yeah like is she know. having a panic that's attack like or anxiety. Heart attack. That's anxiety. Yeah. That's an anxiety disorder. I have felt fluttering in my chest Some of us take you are are really sweaty, too. Yeah. yeah. I felt fluttering in my chest, and it was not a pleasant feeling. Yeah. I was she like, had a reflux. <laughs> And now it's time for the rose ceremony. Chris Harrison reappears. Looks he looks out on a sea of men in suits,
4: here are two of them. We need to observe a few things. First, Sean's tie could eat 10 of Jeff's ties.
2: I I want to posit this is a tie from when he was in college cuz he went to Kansas State and this is their colors. Oh my gosh. And I think this is probably like what he had to wear Oh, you're so on the way to right. a game See, or like some like formal something or whatever like that. But this also it's really wide, so it's clearly old. It's like really it's wide. It's very wide. It's like I'm it's like a clown tie. Purple. But I feel
3: like in I feel like in this sort of like this particular universe, the wide tie doesn't go away. Like it's very like mm. pre-Super Bowl panel discussion yeah.
2: outfit. <laughs> So, all roads lead back to football. The men bachelor, always, always the on the bachelor, yeah.
4: except for Jeff, who's like going to a wedding in Bushwick, <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's having dinner or Roberta's and then going to the exactly. wedding. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> not often you see those. And two that's looks why I was into Jeff with one F in 2012. Yeah. I, guess. I mean, when you do show some flair, when it's yeah, like you're it not, stands out. yeah, he's. I have to say, he's trying something. He looks cool because he's standing out. Not because he is cool, but he's trying something. 100%. I have another podcast called Jam Session. We talk a lot about celebrities. And right now we've been admired. We've been deep in this debate about... can you name a cool celebrity man? And it's very hard. Celebrity yeah. specifically, there's not a lot. And I feel like Jeff would get a lot of points in our cool celebrity man ranking <laughs> for just like doing his own thing and just being like, "You guys are all on one show, and I'm on another." And, and he's like, like "I'm gonna it. pull out that
4: gingham shirt right gingham now." Gingham shirt, gingham tie. Digger.
2: Also, what's the like trim on his pocket? Like, what's going on there? Is I that think a pocket, pocket square? To be a pocket square? Well, it's a really bad one. But but once again, <laughs> he's doing his own thing.
3: He's trying stuff. Uh, And with that, Emily hands out the roses. The roses go to Doug, Ryan, Chris, John, Wolf, Wolfner, Travis, and Ari. Jeff and Sean already have roses, so going home is Alejandro. The one man who knew who Shakespeare was. Yeah, that did not work in his favor. R.I.P. Alejandro. He's a mushroom farmer, and he... Has barely spoken this episode, it. but now he gets to speak in order to be like, this hurts so badly. I don't wish it upon anybody. <laughs> I'm ready to find love. I'm like, Alejandro, you're 24. You're going to be okay. Totally promise, sweetie. And he's had like three conversations with Emily, it seems yeah.
4: like. In episode four, I guess he didn't get on a date at all. And he no, was like, so I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> that should have been a tell. But that brings us to the end of the episode. And we end with a credit sequence. From Ryan, of course. Yeah. This is like
0: 2012 already. Totally. I thought we should modernize this and redo it. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I so. This is the way I thought Romeo should say so. You know, it's like, hey, girl.
1: Hey, girl. How
0: are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I know you're dead and everything, but you're looking pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, you know, like, death's trying to keep you from me. I'm gonna kill myself and everything. I sure as hell I hope you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That was the most romantic thing I've ever heard you say. Girl, I sure don't want to kiss you even if you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: hey, game. No one's ever gotten so much laughter out of saying the word dead
0: before. <laughs> that was really good. I think
3: Shakespeare needs to take some notes. <laughs> Yikes. Very, oh. <laughs> very like your white freshman year
4: English teacher who's like, Shakespeare is just like hip hop, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm the one who should be modernizing this. I I understand
2: Shakespeare. I heard of him today. He's like, (laughs) I I know how to write, so I'm just going to give you some words.
3: (laughs) I love how Emily keeps trying to stop him. She's like, oh, that was so romantic. And he's like, I got more. I'm not done. He's like,
4: I have a whole script and I'm getting to the end of this page. Even the kiss doesn't let that stop him. She's like, I thought we were, no. (laughs) Okay, I guess we keep going.
3: But what a way to end. Ryan's oh, perfect. We don't make them like Creep, that anymore. Creepy
4: Ryan. Creepy Ryan. Oh,
3: creepy Ryan. And this is the end of the episode, of course. So this is when we typically do love to see it, hate to see it. Um, but we
4: thought we would try to do it with the audience. Um, because we're actually staring at live human beings instead of little Zoom squares of death. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. You all are so corporeal. So we were going to uh, try to... Uh take a couple take of volunteers, volunteers yeah. to
3: offer one love to see it moment and one hate to see it from the episode. So raise
4: your hand if you have a love to see it and hate to see it. And we'll get you a we'll mic. get you a mic.
3: Oh, back okay. there.
2: Hello. Hi, um, hi. My love to see it was loving to, like, see why Ari was chosen as The Bachelor because I had no idea. And he was so funny playing a <laughs> woman. It was so great to see. I was like, oh, my God. This is who should have been on that date with Lauren, walking around Europe, because that was so boring. Um, and I think my hate to see it was that like finger gun, like you got this that Ryan did. Yeah, and then I, the finger gun. Yeah, I went on to watch the rest of the season because what else am I going to do on a Thursday? And I was so happy the way he left. It was so. It was. It
3: yeah, felt highly incredible. recommend. He really shows his ass. Yeah. yeah. Um Oh, sorry, what was your name? Oh. Sorry, my name is Kelly, and I live in Fort Greene.
4: Oh, thank you, <laughs> Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, do we have another volunteer up here? Here, take mine. Yeah,
1: I'll just. Um. So I think they'd love to see it. Is I was gonna be Emily bodying these men, and like she, had, I mean, it, like she is. She's the fucking goat. She really, truly knows how to speak her fucking piece, which was like, and I think they hate to see it, is I would say these men not being able to give Emily the validation that she needs that this was fucking bullshit and this is something, and like they all just kind of like skirted away from the topic a bit. And I think that was just like, Feeling it now versus 11 years ago is like, all oh, right, yeah, this is. Not and that's I mean, why that's it's so lucky
4: true. that Emily didn't have to marry any of them in yeah. the end. So sorry. What, what was your name? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, Sarah thank, thank you. you so okay, much. one more. Hi. Uh, so my love to see it is probably the like yellow jackets
2: esque female rage Emily was really giving with the wanting to dismember uh, Kaylin. <laughs> Uh, and yes. my hate to see it would probably be um, the lack of articulation with any of the men talking about almost anything. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're like, no one is enunciated. No one's home. <laughs> I was all about grunting back then. Yeah, I'm sorry. Think, what,
3: what was your name?
2: Oh, I'm Lauren, and I live in East Harlem. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. I think we can be pretty certain that Emily would probably die outside in the snow if she were on the in yellow jackets, but. <laughs>
4: Just clearly, but a Jack- she brought the she's energy a, in that. She's clearly
2: a Jackie, counts, don't
4: you think? <laughs> she's oh, she is such a Jackie.
2: She's a Jackie. Yeah.
4: I
3: mean, as a Jackie myself, <laughs> I, uh, just in the sense that I would be useless and die. Um, <laughs> I I sympathize. Um, and we're also going to rate this episode out of ten jewel tone
4: scarves. And <laughs> we do a rating every episode we are each going to give our rating and then we're going to try to do it with all of you via applause so Juliet, you want to kick us off how many jewel tone scarves are you giving this one
2: i'm gonna go six and a half i feel like it was really solid emily not enough jeff and too too much sean Lowe. For me, for my liking, I'm very anti John. Wow. I think it's the, the lowest rating. I guess guest given this I'm episode. I'm a really notoriously a tough, tough grader. You are. Oh, I yeah. love. I love that. I'm sorry. I demand excellence. That's well, I I, what can respect I, say? It. Yeah. I really,
4: I really respect it. I think yeah. I'm a sucker.
3: Yeah. No, I. I mean, coming into this after watching so many recent seasons that left me defeated and and depressed. Cold. I was and like, dead inside. this is an eight point five. Wow. Like okay. I had fun the whole time. Lots of comedy, lots of all-stars. Most of the comedy is pretty problematic, so I can't (laughs) say it's a 10. But, um, you know, I had a really great time. How often do I say that these days?
4: Exactly. Usually you're just, like, watching Zach Shallcross. Yeah, and I'm like, I did it. And you're dissociating. Where's my prize? Yeah, for me, this is, like, an 8.5, maybe a 9. I just think it's an iconic episode. I... (laughs) Love watching, you know, men suffer in these specific ways. Um, And I frankly really enjoy getting to break down all of the deeply problematic things that they (laughs) did. So this is the sweet spot of exactly why we started a podcast about The Bachelor
3: Yeah. So it really like
4: hit something. That's for actually me.
3: that's true. This exact era of TV is why we started this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um and now we're gonna try to do this in a tiered structure by applause. Yeah. So if you would give this episode a zero to four new uh, clap. No, everyone loved this episode. This is okay, great. okay. If you uh, would give
4: this between a five and a seven clap. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Solid. Eight to 10. Yay! Okay. Yeah. Strong
2: showing yeah. for this episode. Yeah.
3: That feels yeah. right. We appreciate a more critical take, though, because well, yeah, it's important to have standards. Yeah. Thanks.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I just, I, I don't even know yeah. what a 10, I mean, a 10 is, is, uh, maybe Ar- it hasn't happened yet. No, a 10 is already dumping Becca Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Just the the cinematic quality. Yeah. I mean, there's never been a split screen before or since, yeah. and yeah. he's so uncomfortable. I mean, that was I don't think the show one had, of the most compelling. come back from. It. I'll never um, forget it.
4: Until I saw Ariana Maddox eviscerating Tom yeah. Sandoval, I you know I yeah. hadn't seen anything so compelling since that. So fair but enough. Let's let's actually
3: do a little check in on some of our main players here, but As, not Doug. But not Doug. Doug. Because I'm we so forgot about Doug. we forgot. I sorry, sorry. Really Doug. Doug. No. Sorry to pray yeah. about but well, that Doug, 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 sorry.
4: <laughs> so sorry to this man. Doug, as my intuition, was supposed to tell me to remember Doug. And I guess he <laughs> forgot. He's really laying down on the job. But as you all know, Jeff and Emily did get engaged. It didn't last long, but they did get engaged. Look at that tie. It's just like a piece of yarn. (laughs) He's like, I'm pulling out my extra, extra,
2: extra skinny tie for this special occasion. For as special as Emily is, this is one of the least special finale locations in the history of this show. This is like a wooden platform. They got a bunch of potted plants from like the Home Depot. It's like, honestly, like everyone else gets like a cliff or like the beach even the ugly beach in Thailand where they mistimed when to do it. But like, th- this is appalling. Yeah. So t- tough beat for everyone. Yeah. She,
4: she really deserved better. So let's move on to happier things. <laughs> like where Kalen is now. Kalen yeah. lives in Texas. He golfs a lot. He wears those hats. And he is in a long-term relationship with a hot blonde lady named Emily. <laughs> She does not appear to have a child. So that's really good for him. Yeah.
3: Emily really hit everything on his checklist except for that one thing. Uh Next, Jeff. Look at this guy. He has disappeared. He hasn't posted on Instagram since September 2020. What we do know is that his altruistic water company, People Water. It, it doesn't exist It doesn't anymore. exist anymore. He's not married. He was last in the news when he filed a restraining order in 2021 against fellow Bachelorette alum Robbie Hayes. Is
2: that his ex-roommate. His ex-roommate
4: yeah. because they used to go to college parties and scam on girls together. <laughs> what so a beautiful story. That really taught me to ever trust a man from The Bachelorette. <laughs> Very upsetting. Our instincts were incorrect. <laughs> Very hard. Yeah. We've wanna, been personally wronged by I this. I just
2: want to say also definitely dislike Robbie. So I terrible mean, company. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. I mean, he went on a date with Sheena purely to be on Vanderpump Rules. So <laughs> Robbie is a notorious stirbag. Yeah. They had the same hair though. He oh, then he also went on siesta key. I forgot about that. Robbie, yeah, Robbie's been hopping around, but
4: Jeff has disappeared. I did find that he lurks on TikTok and like will leave comments on videos sometimes, but he does not post. So he's a true millennial is what I'm saying. Chris Bukowski. Let's talk about Chris. He went on to be one of Bachelor
3: Nation's notoriously most frequent contestants. He tried to crash Andy Dorfman's season of The Bachelorette unsuccessfully in humiliating fashion. He then had a long and shameful run on Bachelor Pad and Bachelor in Paradise he came on after Paradise to retire on air, and then he came out of retirement, and then he got engaged, and then he <laughs> broke up with the person he proposed to on Paradise. And now he lives in Chicago with his girlfriend, Anna Redmond, who also was on The Bachelor.
4: <laughs> he doesn't know a world outside it anymore. He was like, I just need to wait 10 years for a new crop of women to come onto yeah. this show.
2: And I, and I believe she's the one who called Brittany yes. uh, an escort. Yes. and But I also, she
4: does make really cute and funny TikToks. So right? it's hard also, to, you know.
2: You guys skip the part where he also said that The Bachelor, like, destroyed his mental health, but then went back on the show again, I believe. Yeah. He, he has Stockholm Syndrome, obviously. <laughs> he was like, the
3: only way to get past this is to go to into the crevasse. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
3: the only way out is through.
2: <laughs>
3: Ari took a five-year break from the Bachelor franchise and then returned as the titular Bachelor in 2017 for the show's 22nd season. It did have that issue where a lot of the people who by that point were watching The Bachelor had no idea who he was. They were like, who is this gray-haired man? He's so elderly. And (laughs) he picked Becca Kufrin, of course, but before the show broke up, or before the show aired, he broke up with her in a mesmerizing Real time special, and he went back to his number two, Lauren Burnham. They got married in 2019. They are still married with three children.
2: Nothing makes me feel older than this picture and the age of their children. I'm just like, know. how has the time passed? <laughs> I just want to note, I am I was never an Ari fan, but he was actually pretty great on Traders, and uh, the way that it That's the what way I didn't it, ended he was on I Traders did not watch was quite um, was like quite lovely. Yeah, he was. He's like actually. This is someone who ended up in the right life. This is like yeah. of all the timelines, he's in the right one, and I, I'm <laughs> happy for him. He
3: he's still not allowed in Minnesota though. Like you
4: can't have everything.
2: Yeah, and but like also. Lauren looks so much like Emily in this picture. I except know. with,
4: yeah, she's like Emily, but younger and with less personality. The am to, to say, which she's,
3: she's mute, so. Uh, yeah. The degree Probably to which a lot boring. of these men ended up with women who are like exactly like Emily, except for one or two specific things, is very revealing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, Sean, for oh, example. Sean. Sean. Sean, of course, our golden boy, was chosen as the next Bachelor directly following Emily's season of the Bachelorette. His season, season 17, aired in early 2013, and he picked Seattle vegan Catherine Judici. <laughs> and they are still married. They live in Dallas with their three beautiful children, and Sean remains the only bachelor to ever marry the woman he originally chose as his final one. You'd rather so. be the runner-up at this
2: point. Yeah. Uh, also amazing because they didn't speak until week six. So, great job. Very short courtship, but it worked out. <laughs> I think she used to
3: send him little notes, is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. claim. <laughs> they,
2: they had a... They... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Seems yeah. like they're happy together.
3: Yeah. They seem very I mean, happy.
2: I mean, as far as we know. As I think he's know. quietly problematic.
4: Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. Oh, that's...
2: That's
0: a bad
4: a hundred percent of people who go on this
3: show so but
2: yeah Yeah. I don't know I feel like I have like a weird personal vendetta against him I'm not sure why but I like really dislike him
3: (laughs) Uh, no Sean is Sean is just like definitely quietly problematic but the bachelor needs to ensure that his reputation always remains immaculate because he's he's their their whole he's their whole mythology he's all they have (laughs) Emily, after ending her engagement with Jeff in October 2012, she met Tyler Johnson through church. Of course.
4: She did not have to go hood rat backwoods on his ass. And they got married in June 2014. They still live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they went on to have five more children. Ricky is now 17 and is thriving. I mean... What could be a happier ending for Emily yeah. than not having to marry any of the men she met on The Bachelorette? Yeah, she got what she
2: wanted. <laughs> Emily's the only Bachelorette I follow on Instagram, other than Rachel Lindsay, and I always have. I don't know, She's stuck with me. Yeah,
4: she's
3: she, yeah, she's, she's impactful. She sticks. She's with you. impactful. Yeah, yeah. And we're just so happy to see that, that she's thriving in her life after what she went through in this episode. And we're gonna end with one final game, just to really put a cherry
4: uh, change things up, end on a high note. Yeah. Okay. Okay, this first one is for you. Okay, I'm ready, Juliet. <laughs> so we've got
3: Sean, Ari and Ari Jeff. Jeff. I,
2: I actually feel like Jeff. I feel like I yeah, I, know I have an idea okay. of um, I'm gonna kill Sean Lowe. Yeah, yeah. We we saw that coming. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Ari. Seems like a, a nice partner. And fuck Jeff. <laughs> yes. Make those 2012 fantasies come true. Do yes, it for it seems us. Seems like it might be the only thing he's interested in yeah, too. So might yeah, work out. Perfect. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Jeff never gets picked for marriage, I have to say, in my experience. Yeah, three for... I three think that
2: three. Ari seems definitively like the best husband of these three. I, I Based I'm, on adult Ari, the evidence we have now in 2023.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this one is for Emma. Chris Harrison's jewel tone scarf, all of the
4: men's boot-cut jeans, Jeff's sweatshirt blazer. <sighs> this is a hard one. Um... I think I would have to enter into a loveless marriage with the bootcut jeans. (laughs) They seem steady, unobtrusive. They would fade into the background. They wouldn't cause me any harm. I, of course, would have one crazy night with Jeff's blazer. I mean, there are leather accents. You get a little kinky. And he wouldn't have to stick around that long. And then finally, as with any garment that has touched Chris Harrison, (laughs) I will have to brutally murder the jewel tone scarf. Yeah,
3: I think that's fair.
4: Claire, this last one's for you. We have Speaker's Corner, the Shakespeare performance, or an afternoon tea tutorial with Jean.
3: Yeah, well, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I think I would marry the Shakespeare performance as a theater girl myself. I have actually already performed Shakespeare publicly in drag, and I was much cooler about it than Ari I believe it. I would do that every day. Uh, I would fuck the afternoon tea tutorial. I think Jean has a lot of knowledge to impart. Yeah, she'd be um, like a, li- a little to the left, things. Claire. No, a little more forceful. It would be instructive <laughs> yeah. on many levels. I'm going to have to kill Speaker's Corner because I don't want to have to give a public speech. It's awkward because we have a podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's our job.
4: Right. I don't
3: know what to say. It's
2: checks out for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and this one is for the audience. We're going to try to do this by having you call out what you would like to do. Okay, so we're each. we're going to
4: go one by one. And we're going to just try to take the temperature by screaming. So, Okay. First, the Chloe handbag. Are we gonna fuck, marry, or kill? Mary! Okay, I'm okay. hearing a lot of fucks. Can I we hear- get some applause on Fuck? That? Oh, okay, there were also a few Marys, but yeah, I think fuck was, was the dominant one. Are we gonna fuck, marry, or kill the Louis Vuitton luggage set? Mary! Wow. Yeah, I mean, that'll be with you forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kaylin. Whew. So weird. Three cities and no one's wanted to marry or
3: fuck Kaylin. Yeah, we've been three for three on that one. Uh, thank you guys so much for that end to the evening.
4: <laughs> Thanks so much to our fabulous guest, Julia. Thanks for having Littman. me. Thank you. And of course, thank you so much to City Winery New York for hosting us tonight. And we can hang out here for a while longer. So yeah, stick around, hang with us, have another drink. And thanks for coming out. Yeah. Thank you. Fire. And that's it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Juliette Litman and City Winery for hosting us. Thanks also to Manolo Morales for recording assistance on this episode. Love to see it is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray
3: and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer.
4: If you like our show, please remember to do all the things you would do to support a show you love. Follow us, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course... Spread the word to all of your friends about our show.
3: If you want to get in touch, you can email us at ClaireAndEmmaPod at gmail.com. You can also
4: find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See it Pod and Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clareandemmapodsubstack.com.
3: I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose.
4: We'll be back next week with Charity's Hometowns. Stop,
1: drop,
0: Net credit. Credit to the people.
3: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.